baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We head to Milwaukee now, and from our affiliate there, AM 1250 The Fan, we welcome Steve Pfeiffer. He also has a couple of podcasts, one that talks Packers and one that talks Bucks. So, Steve, let me ask you, the Packers run nearly upsetting the 49ers or the Bucks making this abrupt coaching change, what's the bigger story right now? Reese Hoskins signs with the Brewers. Nice. There's your there you positive go. story for Milwaukee. <laughs> There's your positive story. They get the Phillies' first baseman. Um, I don't know. I but The Packers thing – you know, was awesome. Uh, I don't think anybody expected them to be in the playoffs. Nobody really expected them to go to Dallas and win in Dallas. Uh, Jordan Love proving, uh, I think, down a shadow of a doubt that he's a franchise quarterback going forward, and they'll get to pay him, you know, somewhere in the area of probably 45 to $50 million a year and an extension at some point next summer. Um, so the future is bright. Windows wide open. I think Packer fans are happy. They all want Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, fired still, so we'll wait to see if that happens. <laughs> Uh, but besides that, I think everybody's pretty happy with how that went. Now, the Adrian Griffin thing, I think everybody is kind of stunned. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a portion of the fan base that have been asking for Adrian Griffin to be fired for over a month. Um, so I, I think the rest of us are stunned that they actually did it, didn't see it coming until you read the piece in The Athletic and realize this was a whole thing that was coming over a month ago, and we just didn't know. Why? What went horribly wrong that after half the season, he's out the door? This is the thing, right? If I hire you to do a job, and then I tell you who you're going to hire to be around you, and you don't know the people, you're really rolling the dice, and you're saying two things. One, uh, I don't trust you to hire your own people. Uh, And two, um, I I really hope this works out between you and whoever the other person is, because if it doesn't, um, then, you know, it's probably going to be a mess. Well, that's what they did. They hired Adrian Griffin, uh, who was of the final three that the Bucks ownership and front office picked out, was the only one that had no head coaching experience at that point. And it was Atkinson, the Golden State assistant, Kenny Atkinson. It was Nick Nurse and Adrian Griffin. Those were the final three that they apparently had Giannis talk to and so forth to see who he liked. Well, according to reports, he apparently does not like Nick Nurse and would not play for Nick Nurse. So he, again, according to reports, wanted to play for a, you know, a guy that played in the league or whatever. So they went with Adrian Griffin. But then they told Adrian Griffin, you're going to have Terry Stotts, the former Bucks head coach, former Portland Trailblazers head coach, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard's head coach. Uh, you're going to be his right-hand guy. Uh, you're going to have him. They didn't know each other, had no idea, never met, whatever, no hmm. clue. Well, guess what happened? Now training camp comes. Uh, and before the season even starts, they're in preseason or whatever, and they have a falling out in a practice, uh, according to a report from The Athletic, where uh, Adrian Griffin wanted the coaches to come together, according to the report. Terry Stotts wanted to talk to Giannis and Milton a little. He yelled for him. Stotts ignored him. He continued talking to him, according to the report. And then Griffin got really mad that he wasn't coming over. And then shortly thereafter that, Terry said, I'm out. Uh, you know, this isn't for me. Uh, I'm, I'm stepping aside. And he leaves. 
So then they play the season. And again, they get off to a pretty good start. Defense has been an issue from the word jump because Adrian Griffin is changing the defense to more of what they played in Toronto with Nick Nurse, more of a switching-type defense. Uh, and right away, the players went to him and said, we don't like Brooke Lopez, our center, playing this style of defense. He's got to play more drop defense to play more to his strengths and so forth. So Adrian Griffin said, fine, we'll do that. So it's been a kind of a give-and-go. They get Damian Lillard. Him and Giannis, that pick-and-roll thing has not really materialized at any point. Right. Um, the usage rate for Damian Lillard has dropped way off compared to where it was in Portland, which you knew it was going to drop off some because he's playing with Giannis now, uh, but it dropped off significantly, and it's seven minutes less than what Giannis is getting on a night-to-night basis. So that's an issue. Apparently Lillard was struggling with what they were trying to do on offense to begin with. The defense has been a mess the entire time. So as the report in The Athletic goes, from Sham Sharanian, Eric Name, uh, that in the in-season tournament, when they lost to Indiana, apparently after that, uh, they went to Adrian Griffin and said, uh, Doc Rivers, you know, Doc, he's in the TV booth. Yeah, he's going to be your consultant going forward for the rest of the season. Oh Doc, meet Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin, meet Doc. Guys get used to working together. Doc's going to help you uh, be a coach the rest of the year. I believe on that day, Adrian Griffin was essentially fired. Because on that day... That's when they decided Adrian Griffin cannot do this, and we're going to have somebody else come in. And if this doesn't work and he can't figure this out, then Doc is going to have the benefit of having however many days it takes for us to figure out if he can do it or not. In this case, it's been about 30 or so. Now Doc knows everything because he's been watching every game since then, has an idea of what they're running, what works, what doesn't work, has a good idea of what their personnel can and cannot do. So now you give Doc Rivers a job, he walks in, he knows everything there is to know about this team, he's had a month to study them and can implement what he thinks needs to be fixed, and away they go. And that's how this whole thing uh, works out. And, you know, I I don't know. You can look at this however you want. To me, it's... um, a little wrong, I guess, in my opinion, how this whole thing played out. Because if you didn't trust Adrian Griffin and you didn't think he should do a job, then he never should have been in your final three that you essentially brought to Giannis to let him pick. You should have went with a more proven head coach in that final three, and instead you screwed this up. And now, you know, fans are all upset because they think Giannis screwed this up by picking Adrian Griffin. But in reality, the ownership and front office screwed this up by having Adrian Griffin in their final three to begin with. Mm. Well, and handcuffing him to different people that he didn't know and didn't have a relationship with. Uh, Steve Pfeiffer is with us uh, from Milwaukee talking about this crazy twist in the Bucks season, even as they sit in the top three in the Eastern Conference. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Here's the question that came to my mind as I'm reading all of this, and of course you're telling it from a Bucks perspective. If you wanted a veteran head coach, A, why fire Mike Budenholzer, and B, why not just hire Doc Rivers from the beginning? Right. The Doc Rivers point is a good one. I don't know. The Budenholzer point Again, going back to Eric Name and the Athletic, the Bucks beat writer, uh, for them, when Boonholzer was let go, there was an in-depth piece that he wrote uh, that pretty much hinted at the fact that the year they went on to win that NBA title, remember they were playing the Nets, uh, the Nets and the TNT crew, Barkley and Kenny Smith and those guys were killing Mike Boonholzer in that series for pretty much not knowing what he was doing, just absolutely killing his coaching style. Well, they figure out how to get through that series, they go on to beat the Hawks. Trey Young got hurt. They go winning the championship against Phoenix. But apparently, 
everybody within the organization was mad at Bud as far as how that series was going. And if they would have lost that series, according to this report, <laughs> he was gone. He wasn't going to be back the following year. They were done. And he wins a title, so now they stick with him for a couple more years because he won a title. Um, and then they finally said, okay, enough is enough. Uh, you know, we've kind of worn out this whole thing here uh, with this group of players. We need a new voice. So they decided to go in a different direction uh, at that point. Mike Boonholzer has been criticized his entire career for not making adjustments in the postseason and losing playoff series because of being stubborn and not knowing how to adjust. So not being a great playoff coach outside of the one run. What is Doc Rivers known for exactly? The exact same thing, getting mm-hmm. out coaching playoff series and choking away leads in playoff series and costing themselves outside of one run early on with Boston. So you get rid of Bud, you make a mistake with Griffin, and now you're going to replace him with Doc, who essentially has the same flaws as Bud does when it comes to the playoffs. I can imagine this is a sticky situation for Doc, though, if he was there to support Adrian Griffin, if they developed any kind of a relationship. I know it's the nature of the business, but ah, Steve Pfeiffer with us from Milwaukee. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. How would you change the usage of Damian Lillard or change the way that he is fitting with Giannis or not fitting with Giannis? They haven't effectively run that pick and roll with him and Giannis like everybody was expecting to see since they've been together. They've attempted to run it, and they haven't run it well. I mean, you can argue that really Lillard and Brooke Lopez probably run it better. Well, they do run it better, way better than what him and Giannis do. For whatever reason, it's been a struggle with both of them, and they don't run it that much. Uh, And Lillard, when he first started, didn't like the rotation minutes he was getting as far as how Griffin was using them, and went to Griffin and said, I want to play the whole first quarter, and then I'll come out in the second quarter. And Griffin said, fine. I mean, that's the one thing about Adrian Griffin. He's pretty much said fine to about everything that's been reported as far as what these players wanted. Whatever they wanted, he let them do. So what happened was, for a part of the season, when Giannis and Lillard was on the floor, Lillard kind of just held back and let Giannis go be that aggressive guy. And then when Giannis would check out about five, six minutes into the game, then Lillard would kind of take over uh, when Giannis went out, when it was him and, and Chris Milton, or just him on the floor. Um, now, as the season has went on, he's become a little bit more aggressive in the first quarter, and you don't see that necessarily as much, but his field goal percentage is down. Uh, all of his numbers are kind of down across the board since becoming a member of the box compared to what he was doing in Portland. Uh, and originally it's like, well, he's off to a slow start. He'll figure it out. He'll get it going. Well, halfway through the season now uh, and we're still kind of having the same conversations and you have an nba trade deadline coming up right that's only what, a couple of weeks away i would love to know how much doc rivers has been asked about what he wants at the trade deadline prior to today compared to how much adrian griffin was asked what he wanted at the trade deadline oh my gosh and just to clarify when they say the the window and the sense of urgency is this about the bucks trying to win a title this year it has to be. I mean, Damian Lillard's a top 75 player. You just traded for him and gave up all those assets. you got to keep Giannis happy, obviously. It has to be about winning a championship. Look, it, this is, to me, when you have a Giannis, a LeBron, a KD, those type of players, it should be championship or bust every single year. Even if they had Drew Holiday and they, they didn't have Damian Lillard, it should still be championship or bust because those players – are only around for so long. And you've got a guy that's won multiple MVPs. While you have him, 
you know, you can't take it for granted that he's always going to be there. Otherwise, you end up like Cleveland and LeBron James walks away. You have to always be pushing the envelope. And John Horst, to his credit, the GM of the Bucks, has done that for the most part with Milwaukee. Uh, and now you make this type of move because you didn't see this being a championship-caliber team. I agree. Didn't look like a championship-caliber team to me either, watching this team play <laughs> here for the last month. Um, but, I, again, I was stunned and shocked. I thought they'd give Griffin through the playoffs. If it fell apart, then they'd move on in the summer. I did not think they'd move on this quick. How and where did they miss Drew Holiday? Uh, probably defensively to a certain degree, for sure. Uh, and Lillard hasn't been all of that offensively, but he's still better than what Drew Holiday is offensively. Yeah, Drew will give you a night where he'll get you 25 uh, or 30, but Drew will give you a lot more of those 12-point nights than he's going to give you the 25 or 30-point nights, you know. And Holiday works when he's that defensive guy. Like, Boston is perfect because you have Tatum, you have Brown. Porzingis has been a great addition for them, too. Uh, so Holiday kind of fits into that third, fourth role score. There's not a ton of pressure where with the Bucks, you know, if something happens to Giannis, he's got to be that first or second guy. And that Milton keeps getting hurt on and off. So there was more pressure on him offensively. And, you know, when you get to the postseason, Holiday wasn't always that guy consistently there. He had big moments in the postseason, uh, you know, in a game here or a game there for the Bucks for sure. Uh, but he wasn't that reliable, consistent guy that can go get you 25 or 30 in a big game. Lillard is definitely that guy. They've got to figure out, you know, how to share the basketball and figure out a defensive scheme that obviously works. You have Brooke Lopez, who, you know, is a defensive player of the year candidate coming in, blocking shots all over the place. Giannis is the same type of player. Uh, and with that, you're one of the worst defenses uh, in the NBA. That should not be the case, even if it's Damian Lillard over Drew Holiday at the guard position. So Reese Hoskins then. Yes. <laughs> Now let's talk about something positive and happy. Yeah, let's talk about it. Reese Hoskins, that's their new cleanup hitter for the Brewers. Hey, man, coming into the offseason, I thought the Brewers were going to blow this thing up. I mean, Corbin Burns last year of his deal, and they can't afford to sign him after the upcoming season. Willie Adams last year of his deal, if he has a good year, they can't afford to sign him either. So I really thought that when they decided after Woodruff's injury that they were just going to let him walk uh, and not bring him back uh, because you don't know how long he'll be out. He could miss the whole year, whatever. I was like, okay, well, now here's your opportunity. You trade Burns, you trade Adamas, and you kind of rebuild this thing because they have a ton of young outfielders that came up last year and played a little bit. They're all going to have major roles this year. One of the top prospects in baseball, Jackson Churio, I think he was one or two, depending on the list you looked at. They expect him to be uh, on the major league team at some point this year, maybe opening day. Uh, there's a lot of comparisons of him to a, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., so we'll see if that pans out or not. So there's a lot of young talent, but it's going to probably take a little while for them to get going. Uh, and instead, they decided, no, they're going to try and compete and win a division title one more year. Hmm. Uh, and then they very well may let Burns and Adamus walk for nothing. So with that mentality, they desperately needed a first baseman because they've been horrible at first base for the last couple of years. And Hoskins coming off ACL didn't play last year for Philly. It's going to hit 30, 35 home runs at American Family Field easy and be a true cleanup hitter for the Brewers. I think it's a big signing. Defensively, he sucks, uh, but offensively, he can hit. As you say, positive news. That's where we'll end. Uh, Jordan Love had an incredible second half of the season. Uh, what a validation for Matt LaFleur in terms of his coaching. Would you keep Barry or would you make a change? Oh, he'd be gone yesterday. Uh, but Look, him and LaFleur are guys. That's why LaFleur hired him, because they've been friends for a long time. 
you know, Barry was under fire here. Baker Mayfield had a perfect quarterback rating at Lambeau Field. The first guy ever to come into Lambeau and have a perfect quarterback rating, Baker Mayfield. At that point, everybody that was kind of, I don't know about Joe Barry, everybody was like, okay, time to go. That's it. We've seen enough. Um, and they did it. And then they gave up 30 points to the Panthers, and that offense has been horrible this year. They won the game, but they gave up 30. So that was another sign. Uh, and then Matt LaFleur got a little bit involved, like he did last year, coming out of the bye week. And this defense turned around, like he did last year, coming out of the bye week. Once he got involved uh, in having his voice heard in defensive meetings or whatever was going on. And then this defense played really well the rest of the way up. You can't blame the defense for what happened. Yeah, the, Purdy had a big drive there at the end, fine. But to that point, you did a heck of a job keeping that offense intact, and you had every chance to win that game against San Francisco. You kept that big Cowboys offense that averaged 37 a game at home completely in check uh, and minimized for the most part. And so you pulled off the dogs there in, what was it, the fourth quarter, and then you know gave up a couple touchdowns. But for the most part, you did your job. I think that's enough for Matt LaFleur to tell Brian Gutekunst and anybody else that wants to fire Joe Barry, look at, look at what this guy did here the last four or five games. He, he did what he was supposed to do. We figured it out. He'll be good for next year. Trust me. And he's <laughs> under contract. It's not like they have to give him a new contract. He's still got another year under contract here. So they just bring him back. Then you move forward. Now, LaFleur did not commit to him coming back. Right. Last year, the end of the year press conference, he said pretty much everybody's coming back. That's the end of it. This year he didn't do it, so I don't know if there's a conversation that needs to happen between him and others in the organization to convince them to keep Joe Barry. But the longer you keep Joe Barry, the more defensive coordinator candidates are going to go off the board of these other coaching staffs. So if you're going to move, they need to move quickly so they don't lose out on some more guys. Steve's got a couple of podcasts that deal with all things Wisconsin sports. So Curd and Long is the Packers podcast, but you're going to want to get green and growing about the Bucks and this twist uh, midway through the season. You can find him on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Steve Pfeiffer from Milwaukee. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes and all of the insight. Always fun. Anytime.